Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Aaron and Sarah Foster, founders of fashion brand Favorite Daughter, which just launched on December 1st. Of course, I wanted to ask the sisters about the challenge of getting a new company off the ground mid-pandemic, plus how they're splitting their time these days between their many projects. Welcome to you, Erin. Hello. Hello, and welcome, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Jill. How are you? So good. Thank you both for being here. The audience has already missed 20 minutes of arguing. (laughs) 20 minutes? We've had fun. We've We've discovered that Sarah is our mother, even though she's in denial of it. And we've discovered that Sarah has the uh, digital understanding of either a 95-year-old or a (laughs) one-year-old. How can this be? Not a four-year-old, because a four-year-old has a much better understanding. Oh, no. A four-year-old can navigate this way better than I can. Oh, Sarah. We got there is what matters. We are here. (laughs) We figured it out. Oh, my. Yes. Just barely. You know, it's so interesting, Jill, hearing you introduce us that way, you know, as the founders of this new fashion brand. And it's such a new, well, I'll let you ask. Yeah, I mean, how about you let the host begin, Sarah? (laughs) I like this. I will just sit back. You guys know, but you're so right. This is so new for you guys. How are you used to being introduced? Tell. Let's just walk through all that you're working on. You're juggling a lot. We're Yeah, we are. Yes. Sarah, take it away. You brought it up. Sarah, you're dying (laughs) to talk, so just get it out. No, it's not. It's, I I guess it, I just, you know, I think there's like a a combination of like that imposter syndrome, a combination of like, wait, pinch me. We have a fashion brand. I guess, I guess hearing you say like, you know, we've launched this fashion brand mid pandemic, like we just want to be very clear here, you know, and Aaron's probably going to give me a stink eye, but, you know, we're so grateful to even have this opportunity. We definitely, you know, so far, I agree. uh, We definitely, what's the word? We definitely sort of um, skipped a few steps here. We have not been pounding the pavement in the fashion industry. We've been pounding the pavement in many other areas of our career and life, which, you know, we won't bore you with. But really, we're just really lucky to have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky that we were able to launch in a pandemic. It could have easily been one of the first brands that sort of got scrapped from centric brands. They got a, they have a lot of successful stuff. And they could have easily said, you know what? We're going to put a pin in Favorite Daughter because who the fuck are you guys? You've never proved yourself we'll, we'll in, this, in, this, in, in this industry. So just hearing you introduce us like that as the founders of this fashion brand that launched is... So wild. I think that's the first time we've been introduced. That you know, way. Sarah, I have oh to say God. this is one of the rare instances where I actually think that you said that well. And I actually That's so kind. Agree with you. Thank you. I agree with you. Because because here's the what Sarah is saying, and I'll expand on it a little bit, is that starting a company is extremely difficult. Sarah and I both have friends, a lot of friends, who have started their own company. And it's really fucking difficult. And can you swear? You, you can, can swear. swear right? It's a podcast. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It is also difficult what we're doing. It's challenging. However, we started out with a partner, Centric Brands, that is giving us so many resources that if we did this on our own, we would have to figure out and it would be much more challenging. So there are... Well, they would have taken us years. Yeah, there are a lot of things that that companies that are just starting out have to worry about that we don't have to worry about. One of them is money. We started out with a large company who is funding 
what we are trying to embark on. And that gives you so much room and space to, you know, be creative instead of worrying about how you're going to pay your employee. And that's a huge advantage. I guess I just wanted to say it because, and Aaron, you too, because I listen to a lot of people on podcasts talking about their companies and I'm like, don't bullshit a bullshitter. You had a lot of help. And instead of telling the audience, you know, how you did it, like, let's be real here. Like, let's not let the listener go like, but what am I doing wrong? Look at these girls. They have this fashion brand. Like, where have I gone wrong? To Aaron's point, we have an unbelievable partner in Centric Brands, and this just wouldn't be happening. Yeah, one day we them, said to them, them, we want to do Favorite Daughter, and three months later, we're on a billboard. I mean, that's not a normal trajectory. <laughs> <I> mean. <laughs> because let me tell you yes. something. Sarah and I, over the holidays, were extremely active in communicating with small businesses, teachers, and single moms, people who are who actually really are starting the business by their own, by themselves. And I've talked to these people and like through the pandemic, it is really, I mean, it's no surprise. Everyone knows this. It's really, really hard. And that fear of how to pay the employee that's been so loyalty to you, loyal to you and that fear of, of not losing your shop or, you know, people not coming in anymore. It's really scary because everyone goes on Amazon now, which I understand mm-hmm. it is so um, convenient. And, and there's a lot of small businesses that are on Amazon, but you know, we live a life of convenience and it's really hard when you are starting your own business to get the word out there. A lot of people are like, I don't know how to embrace Instagram. By the way, I needed to find um, belts for my two-year-old nephew for Christmas because yeah. he's two and all he wanted was belts because Santa wears belts. <laughs> um, and someone told me about this company called uh, Myself Belts. And it's a uh, it's a, I think it was a Shark Tank company, but it's a really small business. And um, they made belts where it has a buckle on it, but it Velcro's closed. So your kids don't have to like figure out how to put the belt on. And, um, and so I, I posted about these belts that I found for my nephew, which I just paid for them. You know, I bought them. And yeah. I got this email from this woman two nights ago, and it was so sincere. And she was like, I really wasn't wanting to embrace Instagram or like, digital marketing. I'm just like here by myself. I started this company and I didn't really know, you know, what it was about. And I didn't want to be a part of this Instagram thing. And then I saw the power of it because I saw hundreds and hundreds of people wanting to get belts for their kids because they saw it on, on my Instagram. And I, and you watch this, like this direct line between showing something you like, and then a business actually getting more customers out of it. And it's one of these things where you you have to embrace it. It just shows you how fortunate we are that we have these platforms to show hundreds of thousands of people the new sweater that we made. That's Honestly, a huge advantage. The power of Instagram. I want to dig into that. You mentioned some of some of the folks who are in your community who you know is following you every day. Um, yeah, what more do you know? Is it the same across? <laughs> is your are your uh, followers pretty similar? Is it aligned? Sarah says, "Oh, Eric." It's interesting. We have only a 50% crossover. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Sarah has more yep. like desperate, sad moms, and I have creative, <laughs> cool people. Mm-hmm. Is that true, Sarah? <laughs> Whatever lets Aaron sleep better at night, we'll go with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll definitely go with that. But I just, I like that we're just sort of starting this off like on the real. I think that we're all like on the hustle and we're all trying to position ourselves in certain lights and it's like everyone's doing well and everyone's sort of this. But I like that we're just sort of starting this yeah. off going like, this is the real 
And let's just be honest. Because, you know, about- I don't think, you know, we're living in a very interesting time where it's really, um, it's very challenging to not make a, to not misstep and get in trouble for it on the internet. And people are really looking to see someone else, you know, make a mistake so that they can cancel them or punish them. And, and, and I understand that that is rooted in something necessary and maybe being overcorrected right now. But I think that um, there's a lot of talk about privilege and it's true. There is a lot of privilege and, um, and then a lot of people who don't have that same privilege. And you can see it more now that we see everybody's lives. You see one person losing their job and then you see somebody on vacation and the gap is really large. And I think that you, uh, you can't punish someone for having privilege, but you can um, appreciate someone who is acknowledging their privilege and then doing everything in their power to give back and take care of other people and acknowledge. We partnered with two small businesses for the holidays. Um, We wanted to do, you know, having a company called Favorite Daughter lends itself really easily to our favorite things and our favorite this and our favorite that. And so we really want to use it as a spotlight on other businesses. And so for the holidays, we chose to do two partnerships with small businesses. One is called Leatherology out of Dallas, Texas, a brother and sister who started this great leather company that's like... um, personalized uh, makeup bags and purses and we use them and wear them all the time. Uh, So we did some favorite daughter bags with them. And then a small candle company out of, I think Manhattan beach, a mother and daughter called left coast candles. Um, So we really, we try to take the privilege that we do have and the opportunities and resources and try to include as many other businesses and people that we can. Nice. But also like to be clear though, for listeners who have no clue who we are, you know, it's like, I think Aaron and I, maybe because of the way that we were raised, we always lean into the self-deprecating to that, you know, um, relatable, which that truly is who we are. But I think it's important to also say we weren't just given this opportunity because we were just given this opportunity. We had to kill ourselves in other facets of business in our writing and acting and you know, our business ventures to have this opportunity. So does that make sense? Like, I think we just need to be clear as to um, part of my 2021 resolution is to not be so hard on myself. Yes. Um, And yeah, so we, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into all that, but. Yeah, a little bit. I want to dig into a little um, about the centric brands relationship. Um, Did you approach them? Did they approach you? Was this a long time coming? And what was it? What was enticing to you? What did that partnership? What does it look like? Um, You mentioned um, the back end and what they're doing for you. Um, Are you more you're doing the marketing, you're doing the design? Can you talk about the partnership and the breakdown? Well, Aaron, can I start Mm -hmm. it? Um, So this didn't just come out of left field. This favorite daughter with Centric wasn't just like born out of thin air. A company called Suburban Riot had approached Aaron like years ago, maybe end of 2017, 2017, beginning of 2018. Yeah, I I bought the Um, kale sweatshirt. Do you remember the famous kale sweatshirt that Beyonce had? And this company, Suburban Riot, made it. And they reached out to Aaron and were like, oh my God, you're so funny. We love your captions we should meet you and your sister about doing a line of t-shirts with all your funny Instagram captions, right? So for instance, you know, Aaron's uh, Instagram bi- uh, bio was always undiscovered model. So that was something we used. Still so have we just yet entered to be in, discovered. Still have yet to be discovered. <laughs> and we were like, oh, great. We're writer. You know, Aaron's a writer. We were producers. We, you know, have these 
we're becoming entrepreneurs, blah, blah, blah. That'll be fun. Like, no, you know, no skin off our back. Let's see. Let's see what this is like. So through the process of working with Suburban Riot, putting these captions on the shirts and sweatshirts, we quickly realized, oh my God, these are selling unbelievably well. And one of the, I don't know, 15 captions that we uh, put on t-shirts and sweatshirts was Favorite Daughter. Favorite Daughter was a company that we started 10 years ago, all of our sisters, that we never did anything with. We registered for an LLC, we named it Favorite Daughter, and just never touched it. So in the process, we were sitting around and we're like, maybe Favorite Daughter, we throw, let's throw that on a t-shirt, who knows, maybe someone Sarah will Sarah actually that. wanted to and put that, it on a t-shirt and I actually told her it was a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't yes. gonna say that, but Aaron, I think verbatim said, that's the dumbest idea you've ever had. I just thought it um, anyways, sounded like it, so like cute. I don't know. Like all the other things that we were doing were sarcastic. And then that was like cute. And yes. I was like, I don't know. It's like so with like a little heart. It just feels like so cutesy. Like that's not really our vibe. Anyway, Sarah and I fight cute over everything. Self, this apparently. one, she won this one. And honestly, I'm glad she did. No, but that's a testament to what our partnership is. Because at the end of the day, Aaron came up with it. 12 years ago when we were creating this company, it would have like, you know, I didn't even think twice about it. And then 11 years later, it's, you know, reinvented itself again. So yes, to Aaron's point, yes, our captions were sort of tongue in cheek and more along the lines of our humor. So favorite daughter was the one that totally took off. A couple of years later, centric brands. Well, it's worth saying to- that it took off because, you know, we realized that mothers were buying three of them instead of one of them, because you buy them for all your daughters, or sisters were oh, buying cute. it for all four of their sisters. So the, the sales for that one shirt were so much higher than the rest of them. We realized that like actually leaning into this like competitive sister thing was more valuable than just like a sarcastic slogan, because yeah. we realized that like our relationship with each other is the same as every sister's relationship with each other, which is you fight over who the favorite is, and you buy each other gifts that like are sort of like a backhanded compliment. And having that like sister dynamic in the name is really the thing that people leaned into. Continue. But in the world of this new, you know, this new world we're living in of branding and influencers and celebrity and all of that, we really, we quickly realized like, let's lean into this favorite daughter. And we did a crazy gifting where we sent to, you know, 50 girls and celebrity influencers and it, we pushed it on our socials continuously. And we really did just sort of create this favorite daughter brand from social. Yeah. And, and so Suburban Ryan was a great partner and they make great t-shirts and it was yeah. a great partnership for us. Abs- absolutely. And so when Centric came to us wanting us to be the faces, just the faces of their Joe's, you know, Centric owns Joe's jeans. They wanted us to just be the faces of their, of their campaign. What was it? The summer? Yeah, spring, they wanted to do a spring campaign remember. and have us create like the Aaron Jean, the Sarah Jean, like a couple pieces that would be yes. a partnership collaboration and, you know. Put us on a few billboards. Yes. Just like a, you know, just like a one-off, you know, model. model. They had me yeah. at Billboard <laughs> on La Cienega. That's all I needed to hear. And I said, You need to change in. your Instagram. Hello. <laughs> I know. Finally discovered. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> um, and then, and then, you know, when we met all the, when we met the team to, to, uh, to discuss that campaign, we quickly realized there was something so much more, like there was so much more potential in doing something more macro, something more long-term. We have an incredible agent, this woman, Jean, 
uh, who is just, you know, uh, she's the best at what she's she does. She's our brand agent and, I think it, and she does a really good job yeah. with partnerships and, and she really understands like how, what the landscape of sort of where you should take a brand in different directions. And she saw this yes, as a and I think it was her idea. So I think she positioned eccentric, like guys are something much bigger. Anyway, we managed to turn this one yes. little, you know, campaign into a business that we were actually going to be joint ventured with them going to be in a joint yes. venture with centric. So we really what leveled up. Exper- yes. What was that experience like? What did you learn from that collaboration? I have to say confession. I have the Sarah Jean <laughs> and they are the perfect. Sorry, Aaron. They're the perfect <gasps> highway skinny. Pretty hurt I- right oh, now. I know. But that's, but that's the beauty of this partnership between Aaron and I, we have, we have different style. We, and and that's what we went into in the collaboration. We're like, okay, guess what? We're going to do the Sarah and we're going to do the Aaron. We're going to do the dream gene that Aaron wishes she had the dream gene that, you know, I'd always wanted a high-waisted white, skinny, very high-waisted gene that like, you know, kind of covered my cellulite, all the white jeans, they show the cellulite. I wanted something different. So Centric is so amazing. They always come from the place of yes. Susie, the president, goes, the goal is to always, always to get to yes, right? And inevitably, you can't always get to yes. But if that is the goal and you work sort of backwards, it it works. And they um, they were just, so far, it's just been a seamless yeah, uh, They've been really great partnership. Partners. Yes. Do you know your followers? Do you know your um, I guess fans so well that you kind of say they'll love this. Um, people who follow us are going to love this. Or was there some kind of crowdsourcing or surveying? Um, were they part of the development process? We Sarah's yeah. done a lot yeah. of that. Sarah's done a lot of um, of pushing. You know, like like polls one way or the other. But I think you know what our challenge has been and where we have to figure it out is that we you know, you can make two different kinds of clothing lines. You can make a clothing line for everybody, which is going to be really affordable and potentially the quality won't be as great, right? Or you can make a line where you really focus on quality, but the price point is going to be a little bit higher. And we took the, I wouldn't say it's taking the risk, but we made the choice that we didn't, you know, there's a lot of uh, people out there who get an opportunity to make a clothing line and they push something out there that the return rate is really high because honestly, it's shitty. And we're not interested in a short-term shitty clothing line for some big paycheck and then everybody gets it and it falls apart because the quality sucks. We really wanted to make stuff that we were proud of things that we can send our friends and not be embarrassed about and things that people that we don't know can buy. And like, you know, people send us messages and we read our messages. So people send us messages saying, okay, I got the, uh, the masked hoodie and I really love this about it. And I, I, you know, I wish it was shorter or longer or this or that. And I go, okay. And we take it to everybody at centric and we go like, this is what people are saying about this or about that. So we made the choice to, to, to really make quality a priority. And some people who follow us felt like the price point was too high. And we don't think that it's realistic to get a cashmere sweater that is really soft, that has embroidery on it that says favorite daughter, that's $200. We don't think that it's possible to get it cheaper than that if you're going to have good yeah. quality. 
Yeah, but also not to mention when you're a brand new business who cannot afford to have large quantities of each item. Like, as you know, the, the, the more successful you become, your prices can get better. But when you're only ordering 300 of one garment, your prices are the margin. It's just different. Yeah. Right on. And that's ch- so top- That's challenging. Go ahead. So it's hard for us when you get messages from people who are like, cool sweater, you know, I guess I can't afford it because I have to pay my rent this month. I thought it was, I thought you guys were going to make a cheaper line. You know, people don't understand how difficult that is to do. We are doing everything in our power to make the best quality with also the least impact on the environment. We do our best to find, um, you know, fabrics that we're proud to be using, recycled fabrics, All of these things are really challenging to do as a new brand, even though we have amazing partners in Centric and they do say yes to everything and they have, you know, um, all the best manufacturers and the best resources themselves. It's still not easy because we are a small company. We have to prove ourselves. So they're only able to put so much uh, money to back us because they don't know what the return is going to be yet. So we can't buy 5,000 of an item because we don't know if anybody wants it yet. So the smaller amount you buy, you know, the harder it is to keep that price point down. So that's something that has been hard for me personally, um, because I really want everyone to be happy, but you can't make something that costs, you know, $38 because I promise you it won't last. And I want something that lasts. Totally. Talk about the opportunity that you saw in fashion. You did mention kind of um, that mid-tier price point where it's actually chic and comfortable and kind of sustainably minded. Um, I mean, right now we're hearing a lot of folks starting beauty brands because it seems skincare brands because it seems like self-care and all of that is is trending, trending up. Um, what did you see um, that you wanted to accomplish in fashion or maybe that what was missing from the market? I think Aaron and I, we are not, you know, we're never going to be those girls that go and buy a row coat. You know, we're just, we're just not those girls. Like even if we're dying for it, we're not going to buy it. We're going to wait till it goes on sale. We've always been the people we shop at Zara. We, we, no, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) No, I mean, of course, this is my favorite coats in the world. My point is, is that you know, we've, we will go buy something at Zara and we will wear it to a Vanity Fair party. You know, yes. I mean, not the, Oscar, not the Oscar party, but you know, another, another party. Um, so we really wanted to create, we, we really wanted to create a line for girls like us who were maybe a little tired of shopping at Zara, tired of watching, you know, after a couple of washes, the quality go down, tired of going to a party and seeing someone wearing the exact same thing because it's Zara. But the person that shops it, you know, I don't want to throw brands under the bus, but we really sort of wanted to find that level above Zara and uh, level below. I mean, I don't know if I want to say a brand name, but we also (laughs) wanted to, (laughs) but we also, we also started really wanting to create the things that were missing from our personal closets, right? That's, that was sort of, that was sort of the, the narrative and the story that we went into, I'm sure it'll, you know, shift along the way, but that's how, that's how we are designing uh, right now. Yes. Marketing, advertising, uh, again, getting this off the ground. You guys are clearly the, the main influencers. Are there other influencers? What else are you doing to, to attract people beyond your followers? That's the, that's what's hard. Cause you can't sustain a brand just off of our following. Cause the truth is like, Influencer, like, I I don't really know much about, you know, I think that influencers, they are on social media every day, all day. They have a team. They have a setup. They know their analytics. That's not Aaron and I. 
Aaron and I go weeks without being on social. You know, our the majority of our income comes from, you know, our overall deal at Disney. You know, we have so many other things that we're doing. So the truth is, we haven't really, um, we're not really part of that world. And maybe we would be seeing more sales if we were. And maybe that's something we need to look at because we're not operating as influencers in this space. And and it, it becomes challenging, right? Because we can't sustain a company just off our social because we don't know how to do that. That's not really our wheelhouse. You know, we post when we want to. I'll go two weeks without posting. Well, because our goal is, um, I think, as, you know, right now, people are buying Favorite Daughter because of us. But we don't want that to be continued for the long term. We want people to find Favorite Daughter and like it because it's a brand in a store that they see that they just like. And maybe they know that we're behind it and maybe they don't. But as of right now, you know, I think we are carrying the responsibility happily of letting people know when something new is out there. But we also have newsletters and we also have, you know, texting updates and we we encourage people to sign up for things and we don't want them to only find it through us. I mean, Centric is a big company, so they have paid advertising that we're doing. We have the billboards in LA and we really want it to become a brand that um, is not just discovered through us. But for now, I'd say, you know, that's probably the main source of information, but the goal is to be spreading it out everywhere because maybe somebody doesn't like us and we want them to still like the brand. <laughs> yes, I mean. But it is interesting because if you look at a lot of these, who's the Italian, you know, there are fashion influencers who I guess really can just sustain a brand just from being them and oh, having their... Oh, I know who and having their um, chart. Char- Chiara. Yes. Chiara. I don't know. I know okay. who you mean too, but I can't see her name, so I didn't want to go yes. there. <laughs> I don't know if she I don't know if she has a clothing line, but if she did, she could probably sustain her her business just off her social, right? Yeah. Aaron, Aaron and I have half a million followers each. We're not we're not immersed in that world, right? So so we we need to get creative on ways to keep the brand, to keep scaling the brand and to keep giving it life, right? And we're definitely taking advantage of all the 2021 uh, uh, new technology to do that with Klarna, you know, giving people the the opportunity to pay over time because a $300 sweater is not something you can just, right? Like It's a lot better when you have four installments. Yeah, exactly. And the SMS, like, Erin loves getting SMSs from brands that she likes. Like, you love getting uh, they're those, They're called right? texts, it, it, but yes. Texts. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, 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 there's so many opportunities for a new brand to get eyeballs, right? With, with, yes. all, these, with all this new technology and all these different platforms. Yes. Shopify. I mean, it's like. Yeah. So you're, you're partnered up with, with all those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much respect, though, for people 20 years ago who did this shit with nothing. I mean, nothing, Honestly. no social, no social media, no, uh, nothing. It's wild. Did you guys talk it's about wild. pushing the launch date? Was it pushed back? It was. Um, why December 1st? Well, we had already, um, before the pandemic, we had already started our Joe's partnership and we'd already designed a bunch of stuff for them, uh, for our, uh, collaboration and shot the campaign. So that was moving forward and it was supposed to be sort of the appetizer to favorite daughter, its own brand. So, um, so we were already sort of partway through, so we wanted to complete it, but it did, you know, listen, factories were shut down. Um, people weren't allowed to go to work and it got, it got complicated. And so we did push and it also pulled a lot of things, you know, a lot of things got dropped out of the initial line, but then we realized like, this is going 
this is going to go on for a long time. So how long do we want to push for? You know, we want to get this out there. And, um, and you know, everybody has to adjust to what things look like now. And, and, and we do really take into account that people aren't going out as much. So we stopped focusing so much on going out outfits. And now it's all yeah. about loungewear or, you know, jeans that you would wear out of the house. We're not doing ball gowns because where is anybody going? It's a right. sweater world. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, when we start going out, maybe gowns. <laughs> no, we, never. <laughs> no, we might just go really fancy. <laughs> I like this. Do you guys have – it's so hard to plan for 2021. Do you have specific goals, objectives for the brand for the year? Listen, I think that for for us, we see something so much larger than, you know, women's ready-to-wear. We believe um, in – we believe wholeheartedly that there's a huge kids' business in here. Um, as someone who has a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old, two daughters – I struggle constantly finding the things that they want. I mean, my 10-year-old the other day was like, Mom, I just want baggy jeans with one hole in them. That's all I want. But she's 10 and she's itty bitty. When I tell you I could not find these damn jeans, I'm constantly just making notes of things that, of girls' clothing, you know, they're like crazy about material and how things feel. And it's so specific. So I think a kid's business is something that we're really excited about. There's also potential for brick and mortar. You know, we've had conversations mm. about favorite daughter stores. I think brick and mortar isn't totally dead. Um, we definitely have big goals that go far beyond just women's ready to wear. Yeah. Yes. It's also worth you mentioning and- that our third sister, Jordan, uh, works with us on this line. She's a stylist in New York and she has two kids. And the three of us put our heads together about, you know, what we all want to see in the, in the, in our closet. And she has a great eye for what is actually like trending in fashion because she pays attention to that stuff. And so between the three of us, we hopefully cover enough of a, you know, different perspectives of what different women want. That makes sense. Your own uh, stores are a possibility. Um, Direct to consumer, is that the case? Is that where you want to stay or are you partnered with wholesale partners? Listen, we have Nordstrom is an amazing partner. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have Nordstrom supporting you, it's just puts you into another category. I think we'd love to be on shop Bop. Yeah. We'd love to be on forward just because of the eyeballs. But considering the state of the world right now, DTC is definitely what that's the doing. majority of the business, but we always want to have good, good wholesale partners. Yes. When you enter those new categories like kids or even just big heads, it's great marketing. Our collaboration is going to be a part of the business model moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Huge part. Oh, great. Huge part. We know that you have, we have to find like ways to separate ourselves in this totally oversaturated market of clothing companies, right? Like every, there's so many, there's so many brands and we know that our collaborations are going to be, um, a huge part of what sets us apart. And we have great relationships, whether it be with, you know, a great shoe designer or a cool menswear designer or a jewelry designer. We're having early conversations with one of our best friends, Jen Meyer, about doing, you know, some favorite daughter jewelry that will just always live on the site. Also, you know, Um, like Sarah said initially, because we have kind of injected ourselves into this fashion world without kind of uh, taking small steps dues. or paying our dues, 
We really want to endear ourselves to other brands and spotlight them yes. because we want them to, you know, help us and spotlight us. So we're trying yeah. to kind of like, we're like the new kids at school trying to make friends and, you know, we want to sit at yeah. everybody's table and we don't want to make any enemies and we want to learn, you know, we, we're really lucky that we have friends who have been in this space before. My girlfriend, Molly Howard started uh, Laleen, yes. which is a company that we love. Sarah's wearing a, Sarah's wearing a Laleen sweater. <laughs> they do an amazing job of um of sweaters um we're also friends with anine bing who has a great clothing line that we respect yes. a lot and um love her it's it's a not it's a nine oh it actually. is oh that's <laughs> hard think, to say she's so. so nice she makes great stuff she's so generous and we learn from some our from our friends sort of how they've gone about it and we pay attention to what we what we like about what they've done so that we can learn from them you know and um so we really want to, you know, we will want to do a nap dress with um with my friend who started uh, Hill House Home. She yep. car- created the nap dress which people love and we want to do a partnership with her, um Nell Diamond. We just we want to we want to embrace we're not we don't want to come in in a competitive way. We want to come in in um a friendly way. Yes, I love everyone that you mentioned. <laughs> um what can you tell me? I hear that the LA uh fashion community, it's like it's booming, and yet everybody kind of knows everybody. Or what can you tell me about it? Oh, about that. I mean, guys, I gotta be honest. I, I haven't left my house in like a hundred years. Right. Like, I don't know <laughs> what is happening. I think we're just more and more like the sweatpants are just getting baggier and baggier and baggier. My daughter put on one of my oversized sweatshirts yesterday and was like, "Oh, this is too tight." I'm like, "Too tight? It's to your knees." That's like the Ariana like, Grande effect, right? Oh, yeah. And like the TikTok girls, they're all wearing these big old sweatshirts as dresses. <laughs> Every it, Things are just getting baggier and baggier in LA. I went to pick up food the other night and there were like 10 girls there and they were just swimming in their leisure But wear. I think that LA fashion is something that, you know, I don't think people think of LA as like a fashion, you know, uh, center of the world. But I think that people look at girls in LA and they like a lot of their fashion. I think LA fashion is probably cheesier than New York fashion, but the New York fashion takes itself very seriously. So what I like about LA fashion is it's very forgiving. You know, if you want to lean into a 90s trend, like everyone's here for it. If you want to wear sweats out to dinner at night, everyone's here for it. If you want to- Right, in New York, unless you're a model, you're not getting away with that. Unless you are a six foot tall, gorgeous 19 year old, you're walking into a restaurant and you're like, we don't have a table for you, sorry. I mean, New York is just, I think- um, intimidating fashion wise. I get really nervous yeah. in New York to go out and be, um, adventurous so with true. anything. Cause I feel like everyone there is going to be like, you're such a fucking peasant with your sad little, you know, Oh, that's so last season, you know? And I'm like, Oh God, I didn't realize I wasn't allowed to wear last season. Like, I don't know. I go to like a, we go to the outlets in Palm Springs and we're like really hyped on getting something from Prada. And then some of my girlfriends are like, Oh my God, that's 2017. You loser. I don't, we don't live like that. You know, we want like forgiving fashion people. We want people who just like wear something that you feel good in, that, that feels good on you. That's flattering. That's to your personality. Sarah and I are never going to be wearing like, you know, outfits that are wearing us. We're not those girls. We want fashion that complement your personality. Um, not something that gives you a personality. Yeah, but LA God. is very, um, I think to the rest of the world, LA is very aspirational. You know, it's like you sort of have a little bit of everything here. And to Aaron's point, like, yes, in LA, you can go to a really nice restaurant in a tracksuit, right? 
You're not going to polo bar in New York in a tracksuit unless you are Jennifer Lopez. I don't think you're allowed <laughs> in. I think I'm better suited to LA, you guys. Um, but tell me, as you're building your own, you're growing your own brand, um, like we said, you have your hands in a lot. You're advising, you're investing, um, not fashion brands, yes, but also, you know, we all know Bumble and yeah. um, Mirror for crying out loud. Um, but yes, how are you splitting your time? What do you find worthy of your time, I guess? What brands, what partners? Oh my well, God. listen, I think it's a great so if you look at you look at Bumble, which was our first venture into business outside of being writer, producer, actors, and like entertainment, um, Bumble was our first venture into tech and into business. And it changed our lives. We can't deny it on any level. Whitney has been such a huge Whitney Wolf heard, has been such a huge champion of us. And she taught us some really important lessons of paying attention to a founder that you connect with and paying attention to a business that speaks to you and putting yourself out there and saying yes to something that feels really intimidating and scary. And she um, she taught us a lot about leaning into our instincts. And Whitney's also someone who, she does not play the game of what you're supposed to do as a company or a founder. If she doesn't think that guys should be holding guns in photos, then she says, you don't get to hold a gun in a photo or else you get kicked off our app. I don't give a fuck if you like guns, or if you're pro-Trump, yeah. I don't give a shit how you feel. This is how I feel and it's my company. And mm -hmm. I respect that. You can't send some girl a dick pic. She just like takes a hard line on things that she thinks are right and I yeah. respect the hell out of it. And it goes to show you, and I think that it 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 goes to show you for every, whether you're a brand or a company or a person, like I'm going to say something on my Instagram account, whether it be political or just my opinion on something. And I might lo lose 2000 followers for it, but if it's how I feel and it's the truth, then I'm going to do it anyway. Cause I don't wake up every day listening, thinking about like, how do I get more followers? I think about how can I live my life more honestly and more truthfully? And people who are aligned with what I feel are going to come towards me and people who aren't aligned are going to go against me. And that's fine. Yeah. But we've, we've aligned ourselves with people who, who are creating companies that we believe in. Bryn Putnam is another one who created the mirror. Yeah. And she created something that we wanted in our lives. She created the ability to not have to go to a workout class if you're intimidated about working out with other women or you want to, you know, you don't want you have an excuse for every time, you know, the the gym is you know, you have an appointment at the gym and you want to cancel, being able to work out alone at home with your kids in the other room. Like that was a really um, huge step for for that space. And we were, we were really lucky to be advisors and to be, um, you know, equity holders of that company. And they both have had huge exits and we've been, we've been really lucky, but we also are, are, are operating off of our instincts. And we invested yeah. in a company called Bev, which is a female founded, um, can wine company that we're really proud of and they're killing it. And so I think that you, you look at investing and partnering like any relationship, you have to, Focus on what it feels like because we don't have backgrounds in investments. We don't, we didn't go to, we didn't go to college at all. So we definitely don't have any degree in anything. And so we have to focus on what um, the people we trust around us tell us is, is the right fit and what feels like the right fit. And I think if you do anything from that place, you're going to win more than you lose. Right on. Shall we end it there? The best. I love it. And also I'm wearing Somersault, which I know you guys 
are involved in. Oh yeah, that's another one that we invested in. Oh, actually only Sarah invested. They did not approach me or ask me, only Sarah. (laughs) And Sarah put me in the bathing suits and made me model for her and she's reaping all the benefits. (laughs) Nice. Well, it's fabulous. (laughs) Hey, Reshma. Anyway, thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you both for being here. Love the conversation. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Bye. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week.